I really, I think that this message would have been better served Friday evening before 24 hours of Facebook just was unleashed yesterday. Because yesterday it wasn't people's big fat mouths, it was their round fat fingers that got them a lot of people in trouble yesterday. But hey, listen, I just made a bucket of popcorn, sat back and read the comments. It was a great, a great time. So there are some times where we don't mean to say something. And then sometimes it's just premeditated and we just didn't listen to Jesus and hit send anyways. But here today, we're going to talk about confessions, confessions. Can I just confess something as we begin and we dive into God's word this morning? Um, I'm so grateful that God broke up a storm 30 miles off the coast. I'm very grateful. Now, I know that there are some people that were still hit, and so I would, I would believe for God's best what we're going to do. Just keep your ear out, watch, listen in. We'll, we'll, we'll give you information as it comes, but I'd love to send some teams to some of those places. If we can be of service somewhere else, God protected us. Let's go be a helping hand to the people that God allowed that storm to hit, but I still believe what happens on earth can bring glory and eternity. And when we show up with a helping hand, they might have ears to hear and receive salvation and gratification and have spirit infillings just because God's people showed up. Listen, we shouldn't let the we shouldn't let secular society outserve the church of Jesus Christ. We should look for opportunities and make the most of them. So I'm very grateful. I'm also very grateful. I see a lot of our first responders this morning. Uh, I know a lot of them were up all night long. I'm so grateful for our city and parish and state officials preparing um, for the worst and believing for the best. If you're just grateful for all of those who were maybe up all night long, I had a police car drive by my house at 11.30 last night. They shined the lights in my living room. I was like, who come to my house at 11? Oh, oh, praise God. I feel better. I went to sleep. It was all good. Come on, can you just praise God for our city officials, our first responders? I'm going to preach quickly so they can go take a nap. I want to welcome everybody. We've got about 40 people listening online right now. I don't believe God is designated to a time or place, but he's there with you. Just welcome them. My Big Fat Mouth, the series, the objective of this series is to think before we speak. That is, if you could make me not sound like a tin can, I'd be so grateful. Think before we speak. That is the objective of this series. Um, last week, I had somebody text me, and they said, I thought about it. I said it anyways. I still got in trouble. So I said, you decided to learn from consequence instead of wisdom. We talked about that last week. Listen, if you think about it, and you have to say, you know, I probably shouldn't say this. You're right. Okay. You're right. Go ahead and just stop right there. Put a period, not a comma right there. I probably shouldn't say this, so don't. Okay, just don't say it. Like if you hear the Holy Spirit saying, not only think before you speak, but then have enough discipline not to just go ahead and go on through with it anyways, okay? You gotta walk this thing out. Well, I don't know if I can do that. Well, then you just, listen, continue to get to know the Spirit, that is power, love, and self-control. And the more that you get to know him, the more you'll begin to sound like him. 
That is the objective. The objective here is not to clean up our mouths. This isn't an orbit commercial. Come on, it's not, this isn't for chewing gum. What we're, the objective here is to sound like the Jesus that we say we believe in. That is the objective of this series. And there are times that my mouth has gotten me in trouble. And I regretted it for a long time. I'll give you a for instance. I had the opportunity when we were in Searcy, Arkansas as a full-time youth pastor. My pastor would allow me to go out in the afternoons and I was a volunteer assistant coach um, and with the Searcy Lions in Searcy, Arkansas, 6A baseball team. We went to the state championship three years in a row and lost three years in a row. That is a horrible feeling, by the way. But I got to coach first base in two of those state championships. We had a great time, and I moved down to Chandler, Texas, and, and I just jumped right back into that role. I was helping. I actually had a youth leader that was serving at the church, and then he was also the head baseball coach, so I served with him. And one day, there was this one guy, this one 17, almost 18-year-old, and and the way Texas and Arkansas operated was just wasn't quite the same, and I was still kind of stuck in Arkansas mode, which is never really a great mode to be stuck in, just for the record. But I was there, and, and this kid was fighting with another kid, and I turned around without thinking. I just got caught up in the moment, and I turned around, and I said, listen, if you don't have anything better to say, just sit down and shut up, because I'm sick of hearing you cause division on it. You're like a cancer. And he looked at me, and he said, who are you talking to? <laughs> Well, I mean, man, I had two kids and a full-time job. This was 17. You're not going to talk to me. I took that clipboard and I threw it down. I said, I'm talking to you, you smart-mouthed little punk. One of these days, and I just went off on him. I'm like, that's how I started, word for word, and I went off on him. And thank God he didn't, like, jump on me. And He might have kicked my tail. I doubt it because I was a dad at that. But come on, come to dad's strength. Like, that just kicks in. <laughs> Like, I ain't going home hurt. I got kids. What you fighting for? Nothing, punk kid. I'm going to go home to my family. It's, but it, it, I'm telling listen, not only did I break that guy in that moment, and good for me, I used my words to break him down. Somebody needed to do it right now. No, that's not, that's not in the scripture. In fact, James 1.20, and this isn't in your notes, but James 1.20 actually says, the wrath of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Never. Never, hear me, listen, never, not one time for the rest of your existence on this earth will you respond in irritation or anger and be in God's will. Not one time. The wrath of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. I called my pastor and, and being more of a, a support and a friend in that moment than probably saying the right thing, he said, good, it's about time somebody told that kid something. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but I just, I'm going to get kicked off. Like, I'm not going to be able to serve here anymore. And I wasn't. For the next two years, I didn't get to go back out to that baseball field. I didn't get to serve. I didn't get to help. And I saw that kid in the gym a year after he had graduated, and he looked at me, and he was still ready to fight. And I went to apologize, and he looked at me, and he said, you're a fake, and you're a fraud. And I said, bro, what can I say? You're right. I am. I'm trying to be something that I'm not. And the only way that I'm going to make it is by learning lessons from things that I make mistakes in. So again, bro, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Before I left Chandler, I was able to shake his hand and, and, he, and, and celebrate his, his baby that had been born. And, and we kind of mended that relationship, but it was never what it could have been had I not lost my temper in that moment because the righteousness of God is never achieved 
when we operate or respond in wrath. Luke chapter 6 verse 45 says a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart heart. That is just a new living translation of out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know why I talked to that kid that way? Because I had a heart issue about him. I didn't see him the way that God saw him. I saw him the way everybody else saw him. I saw him the way that the school saw him. I saw him the way the super or, or the, 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 the principal and, and maybe even my pastor at the time. I saw him the way the other students saw him. I didn't see him the way that God saw him. And so when my heart had an opportunity, it used my mouth as an amplifier. And I spoke out of the abundance of my heart. And I ruined a relationship that I actually probably could have had some influence in. The good news this morning is you actually have the ability to change what's in your heart. If you're taking notes, number one, I believe that this message is very timely. And in fact, I believe that I'm going to give God the credit. I can't gloat in, in, in my own, I knew we were going to have church. I'm, I'm not going to get up here and be all super spiritual. Like I was scared up to 750 this morning. But when I drove by and saw that St. Thomas More was having service, y'all, we were coming. I mean, that's just it <laughs> is what it is. I'm just... I'm being honest. <laughs> I don't even know how the Spirit of the Lord. My flesh took over, but y'all are as crazy as I am. We're all here. We may as well learn together. Number one, I can change. I can change what's in my heart. Listen, I can't change my heart. I can't change my heart. That's God's job. My heart is deceitfully wicked. That makes me humble. That means that anything good that comes out of me is only because I've learned how to be closer to a good God that does good. So I can't change my heart. You can't change your heart, but you do have the ability to monitor what goes into your heart. You can change what you think about. You can change what you meditate on. You can change what goes into your body. Listen, God's word is the ultimate. God's word is the ultimate. But from the very beginning, the enemy has been saying to mankind, did God really say that? Did God really say that? When he went and tempted the woman first, and by the way, guys, you're not off the hook. We were standing right there and did nothing about it. Sometimes silence is the loudest words that we say. We can't stand by idly and hope for the best. Sometimes we gotta speak up, stand firm in our faith, and do what God's called us to do, be who God's called us to be. The enemy comes to the woman, and, and, and she tells him exactly, it's word for word. She tells him the word of God. She quotes scripture to the devil, just like Jesus did when he was tempted in the wilderness. But then the devil says, the enemy says to her, oh, did God, he didn't really, did God really say that? Listen, this isn't in your notes, but I, you may want to write this down because if the enemy can get you to doubt God's word, he has just planted a seed for you to deny God's will. If he can convince you to doubt God's word. In other words, if you look at this and you go, oh, did God really say that? 
Did God really say that I should be pure outside of holy matrimony? Did God really say one man with one woman? Did God really say I should never be drunk? Did God really say blessing and cursing should not come from the same? Did God really say, listen, when you begin to try to change the standard that has already been set, you set yourself up for failure and everybody within your influence. God really said it. We don't have to ask, pastor, what do you think? I don't care what I think. What does God's word say? That's the only thing that matters. It doesn't matter what I feel, what I sense, what I think. Well, don't you think two people that, feel, that are in love with one another should be able to get married? Sure. It doesn't matter what I think, though, because God already said in Genesis and Gospels, he has already set up the principle. I don't get to change it just because culture now feels differently. What did God say? What did God say? What did God, what does he say? What does his word say? Well, P Pastor, what do you think about these uh, MA video games? Well, what's, why, you, why are you asking me? If you have to ask me, the Holy Spirit's already telling you. All I'm gonna do is confirm what he's already said. And guess what? You can get mad at me for agreeing with him instead of you. Just listen. Just listen to what God has already said. Let no impure thing. He's already said it. Let there not even be a hint of sexual immorality mentioned among you. Like that joke's not funny. Why do you say that? You being a little tough this morning. No, I'm just telling you what he's already said because I know that if the devil or the powers and principalities of darkness can convince you to begin to doubt what he has already said when we have it written in black and white, then I know that the next phase is him convincing you to to deny God's will for your life. If you don't believe me, ask Adam. Look what happened. Whenever the woman and Adam, whenever mankind decided, eh, maybe God didn't really mean that. One of the things I'll never forget, my dad said to me, he said, Chris, God doesn't really expect us to live that way. And I said, Daddy, I, I love you. I, I think you're wrong. You're wrong, he does. My dad got mad at me for that for several years. And I got mad right back. And I was dishonorable in a way that I you. It's just not who he is. James chapter one. Remember, when you're being tempted, don't say that God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong. And he never tempts anyone. Watch sin's process here. Again, this is from our freedom curriculum. It's too good not to share because you won't remember it just because I said it in one service on a Sunday, which how much fun is this? Like, I only got to preach one time today. <laughs> it's like, I can go forever. You never know. All right, sin's process. Watch what James says. Temptation comes from our own desires. Temptation comes from our own desire. So number one, you have temptation. And this is in your notes. You can go to unischurch.com slash notes. You can look on the back of the bulletins, which we have today. Um, temptation comes from our own desire. So it starts with a temptation and which entice us and drag us away. So you have a temptation that turns into an enticement or, or a desire. It drags us away. Watch what it says. The desires birth. Okay, so we desire to concept, have a thought, and then we meditate that thought. Instead of get obedient unto Christ, 
taking it captive, making it obedient unto Christ, we begin to meditate on it. And listen, I'm not even talking about sin or shame at this point. Like I, I'm not even talking about necessarily like impurity. We could be talking about bitterness. We could be talking about unforgiveness. Uh, we could be talking about anger, just like frustration over something that happened towards somebody else that may not be in the same place with Jesus that we are and, and, and choose to look down our nose at them. Or we can remember that the only thing that we boast in is the cross of Jesus Christ himself. Like that's the only thing that we have to hold ourselves on high is just that we're standing with him. And instead of beating people down, we're supposed to be building people up and lifting them up. But we have this thought and this temptation, and we begin to meditate on it, and that meditation turns into desire. That's why it's so important that if you're gonna meditate on something, it better be this. If you're gonna rehearse something, rehearse this. If you're gonna review something, study yourself, approve, like review this. Like this should be as important as any other aspect Look, you should in your child's throat. And I'm all for that. Like they need to give their absolute best unto the Lord in everything that they do. They should make A's if they have the ability to make A's. They should make C's if they only have the ability to make D's. Like they should surprise themselves. Give the best that they have. But, every, but we should still make time for this. So thought, desire, and then it's saved. It's in us. And it begins to form. Whether good or bad, it's in us. And then ultimately, the Bible says it, it gives birth to sinful actions. So we went from a temptation to acting upon it. But we had all these decisions to make in between. Like, I, listen, I don't think anybody in the history of mankind has ever woken up and said, yep, you know what, today, hey, I'm doing it. <laughs> yep. Man, I've been watching these people smoke meth. I don't even know if you smoke meth. I just, just made that up. But I just, I've been watching this. You know, like, today is my day. I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't think one man, woman, um, or, 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 or child has ever thought, you know what, today I'm just going to give up my purity. This is the day. This is the day. I'm not even dating anybody. I'm just going to go out today and, you know, I'm just sick of being a virgin. I'm just sick of being pure. I'm sick of being married in holy matrimony. This is the day that I'm going to break it down. That's never happened. I guarantee you every, listen, every action started with a thought, started with a temptation. And then whether we rehearse it or release it, whether we meditate on it or make it obedient unto Christ, that's our decision. That's where our responsibility begins. Don't say that you were tempted by God. God didn't make you this way. You don't get to blame how you are on who created you. That's not, that's not an option. That's not how he operates. It gives desire and, and conception. And then the Bible says it gives birth to sinful action. And sin is allowed to grow. And then it turns into destruction. And the enemy waits until the worst possible moment to expose you and everybody under your influence. In other words, hear me, Lucifer's not looking to expose me when we had a church of 100. But I've got a target on my back now. That's why I have somebody walking around with me every Sunday to make sure I stay in line. That's why my wife asks me every day, have you done, have you looked, are you being, she's a, she is able, she has every password, she's holding my phone right now, she has every password to it, I don't even have it up here. It doesn't stay with me at night. It stays beside me. She was given, I, don't I don't have secrets. I don't have time to have secrets. Because I understand that when my life is an open book, there's not a page that I get to hide. And I turn the light on in every room of my life. There's no for a skeleton to sit tight in until the worst possible. All of a sudden, we get to 1,200 people. And then the enemy exposes me. Listen, if that happens, that's not on God. That's on Chris. 
And don't blame Jesus. Blame me and stay faithful. God forbid. But I'm telling you, it starts with a thought that you decide to make obedient or meditate on. And then it turns into a sin which when given full birth leads to destruction. Every choice has a consequence. What we do with the thought is the first choice. What we do with what we think about is the first choice that we have. You can change what goes into your heart. Every choice has a consequence. If it's a bad choice, it's going to set you back. If it's a sinful choice, it's going to set you back. But if it's a good choice, it will lead to growth every time. Well, what do I do when I make a bad choice? You remember that you have an advocate in Jesus Christ. And every time, whether it be seven times, 70 times, or seven times, 70 times in the same day, if you bring it to him, he does and will always be faithful and just to forgive every single time. But don't you ever be satisfied with less than his best. Don't you ever justify your sinful action outside of anything but the blood of Jesus himself. And if you messed up, you better fess up, baby, because I can promise you it would be easier to face it earlier than it will be to pay for it later. That's good preaching right there. I'm telling you, like, you're not just going to go and listen. That was got to be God. Psalm 19, verse 14. May the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart. See, you get to choose what you meditate on. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Number two, I can change what I'm choosing. I showed you this last week. I'll go quickly. But my conversations, my conversations are a reflection of my spiritual condition. So every word that I speak, jump back with me. Every word that I speak either advances the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. Every single word I speak either advances life or death. Deuteronomy 30, 19, today, today. Chris, you read this scripture last week. I know I ought to read it every week for the rest of the year. Today, I ought to read it every day for the rest of the year. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, blessing and cursing. I call upon heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life. Choose life with what you put in. Choose life with what you meditate on. Choose life with what you think of. Don't you think about the sin of your past. You think about the promise of your future. Choose life whenever you choose what's going in and what's stirring inside. You have the ability to choose. It's the one thing that God does not mess with from the very beginning because he is just and he gave us the ability to choose. He will influence. He will call. He will whisper. He may even shout from the rooftops. He may send five people to you to warn you about it in the midst of it. But it will ultimately always be up to you what you choose. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat of its fruit. So, jump that slide. If you want to know what you're choosing, listen to what you're saying. If you want to know the choice that you're making every day, here, write it down this way. If you want to know your choice, listen to your speech. Because your speech is a reflection of your choice. Your mouth is just an amplifier for what's in your heart. Those speakers are not singing. Our worship team is. Those speakers are not playing instruments. Our, our instrumentalists are. They are just an amplifier of what's in. It's just a resonation of what you have recorded recently. That's all it is. 
So you get to choose what you're recording. Choose wisely. I can change what I'm choosing. I need to change what I'm choosing. Truth is, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words are worse than anything else. Because sticks and stones may hurt me for a moment, but words can change the trajectory of my eternity. Words can break or build forever. You say something painful, I think about way too many things, I will probably forget that you said it. <laughs> Do something painful, I'll feel it for a little while, I'll probably heal physically. But my mind may always come back to that word that was spoken over me, that word that was spoken over you. And you have the choice to choose and to change. So number three, this is the final piece, and I want to ask Pastor John, and you guys come up because we're going to have a time of prayer um, because we have more than enough time for it. I don't know if they started my clock late or if I'm just doing that good this morning, but we have time. So number three, this is the most important piece. I know some of you are like, man, I heard some of that last week. You did hear some of that last week. And I even want to talk to those that are listening on right now. I want to speak to some of my favorite here today. No offense, but they're new. They're the people that are serving back in the back that can't be in here right now. They're missing service today so that they can serve, so that you can be in here. Our, our children's ministries and, and all of that, they, they worked all night and still showed up this morning and served in children's ministry. I was like, what are you doing here? Like, go home, go to sleep. It's just one service. We can do this. It's like having one kid. It's a vacation. Like, we're used to three. Really, can I just, I'll change my confession. Really, the reason that we had services is I knew I couldn't go another 24 hours with three kids in one house. I had to get out. We had to do something. <laughs> just letting you know. And all the mom was like, guess what? here too thank you lord <laughs> i'm this i'm not i'm not saying we should i'm saying we need to we and and i wrote i because I'm, I'm i wanted to make it personal you got to understand like i don't even know if this series is for you <laughs> or if you just get to listen to what god's dealing with me on i need to change what i'm confessing you know what i love about you is everybody that comes here. Last week we had another pastor, ordained minister in our district that took a break from his church before they started a new season of ministry where they are. And he came here to visit. How cool is that? Like God is doing so much in you that other pastors in our district take Sundays off to come and be a part of you, this church. Not what we're doing, but, but you. And he walked in and he said, man, how did you create this? And I said, I didn't. I didn't. It's just, it's just our identity. It's just who we are. And I, I need to continue to change what I'm confessing. I need to continue to speak life like he did and speak it in abundance. I need to continue to monitor what's going in. And if I didn't monitor what's going in, then I need to make sure that nobody else hears what's coming out. Eventually, it will expose you. I need to change what I'm confessing. I'll be really personal. I like to pick. Like, I just like to, I don't know. If I grew up playing ball and being in locker rooms and people say stuff and on purpose and, 
And now I live in country and y'all say stuff on purpose. And it's just like, I was bred to be here. I was like, <laughs> I got this beard. It makes my chin tougher. You know, you pop me one. I'm like, I didn't feel that. You didn't even hit me. It's way up here. It's pointy. And that's why I hide it. But I used to pick and I did, I did it so much. I was giving the person that I love more than anybody else in the world a complex. Like I believe in her, I believe in her calling. I believe in her ministry. I believe in her ability to speak and to share and to, to help us worship God with our giving. And I believe in her ability to minister to, to women and men just from the wisdom that she operates in. I believe in those things, but that's not what I was speaking over her. I was picking with her. Do you know the Bible says, like a madman with firebrands and deadly arrows is a man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. I needed to change what I was confessing over my wife. I needed to hear the words that were coming out of my, my mouth and, and make sure that she knew what I really believed and I wasn't just throwing firebrands and deadly arrows and, and calling it kidding. I need to change. I need to make sure that I don't, I don't pick with Adeline and Gabriel so much that, that they lose the person that God has called them to be. I need to make sure that I speak. I need to make like grab her and say, listen, I, you are beautiful. But what's most impressive about you is how beautiful you are on the inside, who God created you to be. You need to stop them. Listen, they hear so much junk all week long. You have no idea what's going into the ears of our children and even your children's children these days. You need to take advantage of the opportunity and don't speak death. Like if the only words that they ever hear from you are correction, they're never gonna come to you. They need to hear encouragement. They need to hear motivation. Did you know the gospel is just as motivating as it is convicting? When you confess the right things at the right time, you can actually inspire people to stop living for themselves and to start following Jesus. If you will tell people what you're for, you won't even have to tell them what you're against. They'll just know. And I believe that I can change what I'm confessing, I can change it. I can confess something different on purpose. I can monitor what's coming through those iPads. Come on, don't you be lazy. You better know what your kids are listening to. You better know what little chat rooms they're going into. You better know their passwords. I don't care if they hate you for a moment. They'll love you later. You better monitor what they're watching, what they're listening. You better know who's speaking into their lives. And when they say something that you don't like, you don't call them an imbecile unless they really are. <laughs> but you make sure that they know what we believe. It's, I get it, they believe that. I get it, they think that's okay. 
And I'm not, I'm not badgering, I'm not mad at them, but they don't know Jesus the way that we do, Adeline. They don't know Jesus the way that you do, Emery. Gabriel, I get it. I know all of them are talking that way. I know all of them are going over there. And I'm sorry, I know you wanna go, but we just have a different precedent here. And I'm not gonna let you ruin your life in a moment's decision because God has given me the authority to change what I confess and ultimately affect how I live. And my influence in and through you is too important than the inner entertainment for a moment my influence is always more important than my entertainment I can change what I'm confessing let me show you how important confessions are confession is the difference between heaven and hell confession is the difference between being in the glory of God for all eternity or being separated from God lake of eternal fire that was not created for you Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. If you openly declare, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart. Have y'all ever heard this scripture? Every Sunday, it's the most important thing that we do. From now on, every time you hear that, don't you think you're hearing that scripture for somebody else? Don't you use the mirror of God's word to reflect on how somebody else should be living? You turn that thing back to you and you let it monitor and mend your heart, make you mold you. We have not arrived yet we press on. We're not there, we're learning, we're growing. And I don't look down my nose because I know that I'm one bad decision from being worse than I've ever been before. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. And what? You confess something different. It affects your destiny. You confess something different. Can I tell I envy my babies. That they have everything that I always thought I wanted. Now I lived off two family incomes with a silver spoon in my mouth and men in Louisiana. I was a semi-decent fish in a really small pond. Felt really good about myself. But I always kind of saw something more, something more significant in purity and progression and sanctification. It's like, that, that person has something that I need. They have something that I want. I would listen to the way that they talk and the way that they live. When I was cutting up and acting like everybody else, I would look over, I would see the person understood this scripture and actually walked with Jesus on a daily basis. And I would go, I don't know, I don't, what, why are they so different? It would make me mad. It made me mad. And so I would ber belittle them or berate them and, and I would pick on them, you know, like little holy rollers. You little Holy Ghost Junior. Come on, what, little Jesus? What you think, little Jesus? Why? Why would I do that? Listen to me, because it is always easier. It is always easier to make fun of somebody than be convicted by God every single time. It is always easier to accuse someone else than to accept conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit. So when you're walking in this will of God thing and people start to point their finger at you, oh, you look, watch out, here comes the Bible beater, duck, they're gonna swing God's word at you. Well, first of all, make sure that you're not doing that and being that person. They may be unintentionally helping you, but at the end of the day, you remember, it's easier. It's easier to accuse than to accept. Confess with your mouth 
believe in your heart. Why? Because listen, verse 10, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. It is by believing in your heart, you're made right with God, but watch, it is by openly confessing, declaring. When's the last time you openly declared? Don't assume your children know what you believe. Don't assume your coworkers know who you are in Christ. If you openly confess your faith, you're saved. It is with the mouth one confesses unto salvation. In other words, when you first confess and you first believe, you begin a journey of believing and confessing that will continually change the trajectory of you and your influence. I need to change what I'm confessing. Would you stand with me this morning? I've got 30 seconds. You know what I'm gonna do with it? I'm gonna open these altars. If it's pouring down rain right now and you traveled a good distance and you need to leave, if you're concerned, if you're looking at your weather app and going, man, I wish this guy would stop, we're gonna drown, then I wanna release you. I don't want you to stay here if it's not safe for you to. But we have a rare opportunity this morning to do some legitimate business with God to get out of our comfort zone, which is our seat, to build an altar in the back, up against the wall, in the front, and to apologize to God in the areas, to ask forgiveness in the areas where we're confessing the wrong things. Think about maybe we've been confessing those things over. Maybe write down their name and give them a call. And don't tell them, I forgive you. but ask them to forgive you, confessing. Let's change what we confess. Would you bow your head, close your eyes? If you're in here this morning and you need to confess Jesus as Lord of your life, first time of the first time in a long, if last week you were not leaning for him, if you were not following him, leaning into this weekend, your life did not resent somebody who was surrendered to Jesus Christ, right now you would like to ask for forgiveness and confess him as Lord.
rain and the winds. God, I pray that you would just be there in the midst of the storm, literally, God. Lord, I pray that you would help us be the examples that you have called us to be, the examples that we know that we should be. And Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would anoint us to accomplish your will, walk in your ways, and achieve the vision that you have given this house, and that is to meet people and grow closer to you together. We love you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Be blessed as you go this morning.